Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Welcome back to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. You're extremely excited. I am. I got all kinds of things I, I, to announce. I was going to say, that's a long list of news. That, yeah, that is the news. The news was big this week. The new- it mostly came out of today. Oh, okay, which I have no idea. I except Oh, for, you, didn't like, do the, you didn't look at the James Gunn, like, DC, like, Twitter vid? No, I, I didn't. Well, that's what the news is. <laughs> I wasn't mostly, aware. Basically most I will it. say that you did give me a heads up on the editor's note letters to the editor this week. I appreciated that. It gave me time to think about it, but you did not give me a heads up on the news stuff. Well, it's it's mostly uh, the DC announcements. Oh, okay. That's like 99% of it. All right, that's fair. But there are uh, two big things happening this week. Okay. Number one, uh, I've been talking about this for a little bit. If you're interested in The Dark Tower, the very first episode, Pod to the Dark Tower, is out on Patreon. Is that what it's called? Pod to the Dark Tower? Yeah, instead of like... Because there's like, you know, Path of the Beam, and there's also a book called Path of the Dark Tower. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'm just going like to steal from this. Pod to the Dark Tower, episode one is out on Patreon, officially. It's, uh, it doesn't have any art yet, and it doesn't have an intro, because I'm going to have to pay a voice actor for that. But it's out. It's there. Episode one is definitively out, and we're not going to release these to the public for quite a while. The kind of... Uh, goal is we're gonna like bank 20 of these before we start releasing them just because you know books are long and take a while to read that's true they are long and they take a while to read and patreon and and i've already started uh the reading of episode two which is a comic adaptation but yeah episode one is out how often are they going to come out on patreon there is uh, no specific release schedule that's kind of the the rub like the point is like when they get released out to the world they will be weekly but as we like, the point of this is we're banking them. Ah, oh, okay, I like it. You're you're building up a catalog. Yes, because when we did the Buffy back issue bin, we uh, banked ten of them, and then uh, that basically got eaten up immediately. Like we were immediately like, uh, like we I don't think we ever didn't do it. Like I don't think we ever missed a week, but like it immediately became like, oh shit, like what we built up ahead of time got eaten up so fast. So we're gonna do like we did ten last time, so we're gonna do twenty this time. Ah. So, I I mean... And this is going to be like a 60-something episode show, so like we're basically going to pre-record like a third of it. Nice, and it's a, you know... So when it comes out on Patreon, it's there's not a specific schedule for Patreon, but is going to exclusively be on Patreon for quite a while. I like it. So if you want to do a Dark Tower thing, I'm already, like I said, I'm already reading the second bit. Yeah, it's there. Episode one is officially out. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah new show. It's It's there. What's crazy is I don't think I cursed once in it, which means I might actually care about it. But you curse all the time in this show. I know. Do you not care about this show? Well, I, I've built up a certain persona. I feel like. oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 So the so uh, that's pod, item the first. Pod of the Dark Tower is officially out on Patreon. Dollar a month if you want to grab it. I think episode two will be out pretty shortly. Episode three might be a hair longer, but episode two should be out pretty quick. Oh, okay, cool. So what are we going on for this episode? In right here. Oh, in your pocket. Physically for you. Oh. I have a note. If this note goes the way that I think it's going to go, I get to slap you in the face. If this note... (laughs) 
if this note doesn't go the way I think it's going to go, you can slap me in the face. No holds barred. Just straight up, you can just slap me. No retribution. This is a really... If this goes the way that I think it's going to go, I get to slap you. <laughs> I don't like this. this is... No, no. This is... It, it is officially written down. There's no bullshit. You're looking at this. You're looking at it, right? I see it. Yes. You see, it is folded in half. You okay. cannot see what it says. All right. I guarantee it has a very fair reaction. If you... D- I'm just saying. How hard are you going to slap me? As hard as I want. <laughs> I don't like this game. Do I have to play this game? Yes, I think so. I don't think so. <laughs> You're not the one getting slapped. I very well could be because I've given you the expectation of if you do a thing, then I get slapped. So you already know going into this that if you react, if you think, well, I normally would say this, but now I'm not gonna. Uh, I guess. The, the rules are here. I have, there will be no cheating on the rules. They are 100% written down on this post-it note that I have folded in half. Uh-huh. Do you acknowledge that this post-it note is real? I acknowledge the post-it note is real. Because <laughs> you don't want to get slapped. All right. That is where we stand for this episode. Hang on. I had a tweet prepped. What are you doing? What are you, uh, what just, did you just I'm do hiding my there? phone. Maybe it's like he'll check his phone during the show. This is the tweet. <laughs> okay. All right. Tweeted. <laughs> and here we go. I don't consent to this. I think you just did with that tweet. You tweeted. You didn't. I, I don't like this at all. All right. Okay. So the Dark Tower podcast is happening. All kinds of things are happening. Let's dive straight into the news, which is basically things that happened today. Okay. I'm Forget s- the last week. The last week didn't happen. I'm so shook up and upset right now. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I'm going to get knocked the fuck out is what's going to happen. Oh, my God. You're probably not going to do anything now out of fear, and then I'm going to get slapped. I'm not going to talk the whole damn show. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> that's, that's not the game. Okay, here we go into the news. <laughs> the game is to not get slapped. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. This is, this is the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> it's not. All right, so what do we got going on? James Gunn officially today announced the DCU plans. He's like, hey, we're going to do this by the end of January. Well, he sure as shit took his time because well. he waited until literally... The last day of the month to do Te- things. Technically, the last day of the month is the 31st. It is the end of the month. It counts. He did do it. So what do we going on? We got white-haired James Gunn. It looks like he got spooked by a ghost. I know the feeling. No, you don't. I do right now. I'm <laughs> petrified. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm definitely getting slapped because you're not going to react to anything. I'm just going to be stone-cold killer, baby. <sighs> I fucked myself on this. All right. So what do we got? So white-haired James Gunn wearing a corduroy shirt. Corduroy's cool. No, it's not. Not now. Why not? What's oh, by the way, the answer was corduroy is cool. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> But yeah, white-haired James Gunn, he's out there. He's like, hey, this is our DC announcement. He announced a ton of stuff. One of the ones coming towards the end. Well, let's start at the beginning. This first phase, like his, him and Peter Safran are doing eight to ten years of a DC plan. And he officially announced this as... Like, Marvel is like, you know, phase one, phase two, phase blah, blah, blah. It's like, this is going to be called Gods and Monsters. Okay. Which is a quote uh, right out of Bride of Frankenstein with Dr. Pretorius. It's like, it's a new age of gods and monsters. And he's the same guy who's like, my only weakness is gin. He's also like, my only weakness is wine. My only weakness is cigars. So I was just like, I feel fuck like you, yeah, give me Dr. Pretorius, baby. I feel like you are Dr. Pretorius. My only weakness is gin. Dr. Pretorius, not to be confused with Dr. Zaius. Oh, help me, Dr. Zayas. 
Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. Oh, Dr. Sayers. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. What's wrong with me? I think you're crazy. Want a second opinion? You're also lazy. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Can I play the piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. Ah, <laughs> shit! The clip is back! <laughs> oh! And that's actually what was on the post. No, it Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so happy that you did that. Ah! Oh. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. There you go, Dr. see? Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas! Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas! All right. You're leaning in. I don't like it. <laughs> no, I love that. I'm so glad you brought that because I got that in my. You know, it's there. It's ready. It's, it's, on, the show. it's on rapid oh, fire. Yeah. So I, I do love the Bride of Frankenstein quote, and then we do get the, yes, they are, like, Frankenstein is going to be a character in, like, one of the upcoming shows. They have so much stuff going on. Uh, one of the biggies for me was Swamp Thing, which, like, James Gunn was saying, like, oh, we're going to go back to, like, the dark origins of Swamp Thing. It's not, like, super connected to the DC Universe, but ultimately kind of is. And the image that they showed was from a uh, Tom King one-shot, who Tom King's name will come back up in this conversation, and it's one of the darkest things I've ever read. And I'm not going to give um, all the details away, but I say, like, like the Swamp Thing image they were showing is dark. Like, it's, like, dead kids dark. Like, I can't emphasize enough. Dead children dark. Don't like that. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> oh, shit, we're doing that? But we're doing other Tom King stuff. So, you know, white-haired gun uh, saying whatever. He's like, Shazam, that's going to be a thing. Did you see the Shazam trailer this week? Uh, I did not. Well, I didn't care to send it to you because... It was very generic with Helen Mirren, who I once saw at a Broadway show, and Lucy Liu, and... She it, was in Charlie's Angels. Yeah. And it looks super generic and super boring, and I don't care about it at all. And also, apparently this week, uh, Zachary Levi is an anti-vaxxer. Oh. I'd like everyone to know so, right now, I'm not emoting. I'm sitting on my hands. Ready to get slapped. No, I'm not. I don't want to get slapped. I think at this point, I'm going to get slapped because you're going to be too afraid to say anything. It's true. <laughs> God damn it, why did I do this? Yeah, so, I mean, Shazam had a trailer this week. Um, I thought it looked real generic. It's so dull, and uh, even James Gunn was like, look, we can't change our plans, even if I disagree with what, like, an actor says. Yep. But apparently, um, the generic Shazam movie, which, by the way, the first Shazam movie, we did not talk about it on the show, um, it's it's pretty okay. Like, it's not... Great, it's not special. There, there's a there are definite fun moments in it. I will not discredit it for like it's fun. Like I think the best mode of the movie is um Zachary Levi as Shazam is like half a mile away from the villain who's played by Mark Strong, and he's like, "I will destroy you and kill you, Shazam!" Blah blah blah. He's like, "I I can't hear you. You're so far away from me. Like what whatever is happening is is not reaching my eardrums." Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a very funny moment. So like the movie. It's fun, and we might revisit it uh, before this new one comes out. I don't know. Like, there's four DC movies coming out this year, and I don't uh, give half a shit about most of them. Mm. Stop sitting on your hands. You're so afraid. I am petrified. You have, like, 25 years of pent-up slap waiting in your hand right now. I don't (laughs) like it. Uh, whatever. Uh, so Shazam will lead right into The Flash, where uh, he may or may not be the future Flash. 
James Gunn straight up said, like, yeah, we're resetting the DC universe of this movie. So, like, is it going to be Flashpoint? Yes, it's Flashpoint. Like, it is any speculation is now out the window. Like, yeah, it's happening. It's it's Flashpoint. We've been saying that for a long time now, especially after everything that's kind of gone down within the Flash universe and with Ezra Miller and, and their issues. We've said that Flashpoint is a great already existing mechanism in which they can course correct real quick. And then Blue Beetle is going to happen, and it kind of falls into that realm of like, yeah, let's see what, you know, how this rolls out, I guess. I mean, I like the kid. It's uh, one of the stars of Cobra Kai, which is a show I greatly enjoyed, everyone involved in it. Then Aquaman 2 is going to happen, and then we kind of get things kicked off proper. We're going to have Creature Commandos, which, as I said, like Gods and Monsters, that's a monster-based show that's going to have uh, Frankenstein in it. Amanda Waller is getting her own series, which is great because it's going to star Viola Davis, and she has been criminally underused in the DC stuff so far. Mm -hmm. So if you're giving her a show, great. Do that. Because, like, it's kind of how I feel about, um, like, Idris Elba being, like, in Marvel. I'm like, how do you keep fucking this up? Like, you have this, like, incredible actor, and you just keep on underutilizing them. So Viola Davis getting her own series. So whatever is going to happen with the DC reboot and flashpoint is clearly going to be like, we're going to take the stuff that works and say, fuck it to the stuff that doesn't. Mm. That's definitely where they're going to land on this. Like it's, it's off of that. Superman, his movie was announced with the title coming out in 2025, going to be called Superman legacy dealing with a younger Superman, which we already knew going to be heavily influenced by Grant Morrison's run on all-star Superman, which we've talked about before. Uh, This is one of those things I should have you read, but if, I'm always a little bit threatened by stuff like this because if I give it to you, you're just going to be like, yeah, I skimmed it and I didn't understand it because it was like deep and shit. I mean, I've gotten better. I will say that. <laughs> but if I throw you All-Star Superman, that's your reaction is going to be like, what happened? In my defense, the first time you did that was Watchmen. He was a Superman? So we'll see. So Superman Legacy, uh, no director, no actors announced. Dave Batista did put out yesterday that he would be totally down to play Lex Luthor. He just said he doesn't want to play Bane. He's like, yeah, I could. But like, you know, if we're going with the younger casting, like for characters that are maybe in the last 15 years, like I don't, I don't got that in me. Mm. He'd be an interesting Lex Luthor. He could, he totally could. He's already bald. Show Lanterns, which has uh, undergone a lot of changes over the last like five years. We'll focus on Hal Jordan and John Stewart being just regular old like Earth space cops. So mm. good on them. The Authority is coming. This is a Wild Storm uh, based book that got absorbed into DC. Uh, my kind of favorite character in here is going to be Midnighter. He's kind of like gay Batman that can see slightly into the future. That'd be kind of a neat power to see slightly into the future. That way I would know what it is I don't want to do so you don't slap me. Yes, that's it. Oh, is, is that the female? <laughs> but I, I'm excited to see some of these, uh, the authority characters. Uh, then we get Paradise Lost, which, yes, hey, you literary fans, this is a title reference to John Milton. Which I is, almost said John Steinbeck, but that was Grapes of Wrath. Yes, it was. At least I got half the name right. And it was yeah. John. So Paradise Lost is going to be focusing on the Amazonians, on Themyscira. Is that going to involve Gal Gadot? Who the fuck knows? I, I certainly don't. And then we're going to get our Batman movie. The Batman, the Robert Pattinson, uh, Matt Reeves one, is going to exist. And also this goes for Joker as well, the Todd Phillips one. Uh, they are going to explicitly exist outside of the main DC universe. And they will be labeled as Elseworlds stories. That's fair. 
But that's how those will be labeled. And uh, what we'll be getting for Batman will be in Brave and the Bold, which is explicitly going to be about um, Batman trying to get his son under control, Damian Wayne, and will be expanding the Bat family. Uh-huh. But here's my theory. Okay, I like it. Because uh, it James Gunn did explicitly say that it was going to be involving Batman's son, but he was sharing images from... A Grant Morrison run. He also shared images from a Grant Morrison run for Superman, but he's like, hey, this is one of my favorite things. Um, It's about like Damian Wayne. Like, he's my favorite Robin. Damian is probably my least favorite Robin, but you know, everyone has their own thing. And the images he was showing, and he's shown the same image twice, is Damian, not with Bruce, but Damian with Dick when Dick was Batman. And I think he has shown us more than enough evidence that I don't. I think the Brave and the Bold will not feature Bruce Wayne as Batman. I think we will get Dick Grayson as Batman. I am throwing that down now. That would be an interesting kind of twist. We always get the Bruce Wayne Batman, but we don't get the other iterations of Batman on he's, live he, action. He, I mean, he, in the video that he released, he flat out said, like, this is Batman's son. But he also said this will be an expansion of the Bat family. I would bet good money at this point that we are seeing Dick Grayson Batman versus Bruce Wayne Batman in this Brave and the Bold movie. That would be both I, brave and bold. I could be wrong, but we'll see. Uh, what else happens? Oh, Booster Gold is getting a TV series. He is a character from the future who's a loser. Who want, He comes back to like the 20th, or I guess 21st century at this point. He's like, hey, guys, I'm a super cool superhero. And they're all like, you suck. He's like, no, I don't. He's like, you do. Mm, yes. He's best friends with Blue Beetle. But not the Blue Beetle in the Blue Beetle movie. A different Blue Beetle. So who knows? Also, we got an announcement of a Supergirl. Uh, to be fair, I don't know series or movies. I can't remember. A Supergirl thing is happening. We've already had Supergirl. Uh, she was what? CW show, right? There was in a terrible movie in the 80s that I never want to revisit. I think we should revisit it. No, I don't think we should. Okay. Well, I mean, we're the same people who watched Howard the Duck. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, this is about that level. Um, but yeah, Supergirl is going to be getting a movie or series. I imagine series. This is going to be based off of, uh, very specifically referenced, the Woman of Tomorrow storyline that came out last year, which was written by Tom King. It's a fantastic series. Supergirl goes off world uh, when she's 18 and goes to a different planet to get totally loaded. Oh, so it's like Rumspringer for the Amish. And uh, then she meets this girl who wants to avenge her rock farmer father who got stabbed by this one dude and ran away. And she's like, how does one, isn't that just being like a miner or like a quarrier? He's a rock farmer. I don't know what to tell you. And how like, does one farmer, you don't grow the, or cultivate the rocks, do you? Look, it's a shitty job. It's, it's what she does. I mean, we need, everybody needs to fill a role in society. Yeah, so uh, Supergirl gets loaded and then uh, tries to fight this guy, and he may or may not kill Crypto, the Superdog, and then she's like, What? Ah, shit. Like, it's on. That's like John Wick shit. But this will uh, be a series maybe I'll present to you before the movie comes out. It's super dense, though, so you this will be one of those ones you'll be like, Oh, I, I just, didn't. I, didn't I get skimmed it. it and I couldn't get it. Yeah, yeah, because I, I want to read it. So it was, it, was, it was real dense, and I I don't understand. I'm up for a challenge. <laughs> it, it is. It's a great series. It, it's twelve issues. Just a drunk Supergirl being like, "Hey, kill this fucking rock farmer. Oh, fuck your shit." Do they call her Baby Yaga of Space? No. Okay. Uh, what else happened this week? Oh, we got a reboot series news. Long rumored, but finally happening. And that would be King of the Hill. What? King of the Hill is a back. Oh, I think I just changed my answer for 
the editors to the editor question. Oh, you, you found a new one. Editors to the editor. Letters to the editor. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, because there's been another thing I've been watching that's been absolute gold. What are you talking about? Nope. We're going to save it for the letters to the editor. Are you ready for King of the Hill? I was never a huge King of the Hill person, but I'd be interested to see the reboot. I think the cool thing when you reboot animated shows is the only thing that changes might be the voice a little bit, but the animation generally can stay the same. Well, it's uh, with the exception of Brittany Murphy, who has unfortunately passed away, it yes. sounds like everyone else is coming back. So you'll get some Hank, you'll get some Bobby, you'll get some Peggy. Damn it, Bobby. Propane and propane accessories. I would now like to pull out. No. I would like to now pull out my <laughs> post-it note. <laughs> the post-it note says, Hank Hill impression, you get slapped. If not, I do. Would you like to read the post-it note? <laughs> He just collapsed on the couch. Read the post-it note. You saw it. It was fully hidden from you. What does the post-it note say? No, you read the post-it note. You don't have to crumple it. What does it say? Uncrumple it. <laughs> it says ankle impression and you get slapped. <sighs> no, no. Unfold it fully because you're just saying that. You've just crumpled it. What does the post-it note say? <laughs> it says... I'm so sad. <laughs> hey, kill impression. You get slapped. If not, I do. I let my guard down. I I let my You weren't guard going into down. it too. I, I I totally baited you into that because you weren't doing it. Oh, you oh, so you admitted that you baited me. 100 percent So that doesn't count. No, yes, it does. Yes, it does. You did it. What did I say? The post note says No no, get the microphone close. Oh. Ow. He's gonna like graze my mouth. <laughs> that was the lightest slap I could have done. Are you challenging me to a duel? Like a like a old timey sword duel? Thank you for being gentle. <laughs> I Please, sir, I may I have this. another? I love this post-it note so much. Are you gonna I should frame do this it? every week. No, I don't think you need to do this every week. I kill an impression you get slapped. If not, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew you let my resist. guard down for a minute. <laughs> you couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sweet. Worst day ever. All right. That's the news. <laughs> I had one more story in case I needed to try and go back to that. I don't need to anymore. So we're going to move on from there. Uh, let's move on from there to weird TV facts. Oh, okay, cool. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. I have to come up with this off the top of my head. I realize as I'm looking at my notes, I don't write this down. Oh, you were going to have a weird TV pack probably about Hank Hill or something. No, uh, because we're going to be talking Wolfpack, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I will give you... Wasn't... Uh, she was on... What? No, Party of Five was Jennifer Love Hewitt. What was Sarah Michelle Gellar on? Buffy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Buffy. So... In season three of Buffy, there is an episode where Buffy gets turned into a rat. Oh, okay, cool. So she's barely in the episode. Why was she turned into a rat in this episode? Was she pregnant? She was not pregnant in the series. There's only one uh, actor pregnant in the series. That was Christmas Carpenter. And hey, look up all those fun things that uh, Whedon was shitty about. I think I have a concussion. <laughs> but So Sarah Michelle Gellar was turned into a rat for one episode in season three, barely in it. And the reason is because she was hosting SNL that week. Oh, okay. So she does the episode, which like like she's smoking a cigarette. She's doing things with Will Ferrell. There's a 
skit with her topless. But at the end of the episode, she um, like thanks every like obviously everyone does at the end of like the cast. Yeah, but one of the things the, that yeah. she does is uh, she holds up a sign that says like "I miss you, Allie," meaning Allison Hannigan, the actress that played Willow. But then in a recent book that came out, kind of came up that they had a contentious relationship at certain points during the series, but it was over the course of seven years. So there we go. There is our Buffy fact. Are we positive that wasn't for like "I miss you, Allie," like Allie McBeal, like she was a big Allie McBeal fan? I'm. Pretty positive. Okay, I thought you were gonna say now I'm really gonna slap you. <laughs> no, you got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. That kill impression. <laughs> I let my guard down for thirty seconds. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I took I took my punishment like a man. So from thanking people during SNL to. From, I don't know. Uh, from Zach slapping around Jared to the Philadelphia Eagles slapping around the San Francisco 49ers. Fly, Eagles, fly. It's time for Jared Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. Super Bowl 57 is set. The Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Two very different championship games over the NFL's conference championship weekend. The 49ers, Brock Purdy, the wonderful Cinderella story, Mr. Irrelevant, ruptures, <laughs> ruptures his UCL, his you know, uh, something collateral, uh, collateral ligament in his How elbow. many players Older did the Cleo. 49ers lose? Quite a few. Quite a few. George Kittle's quote after the game, how does it feel to lose this championship after losing my quarterback? Pretty shitty. <laughs> Or something to that effect. I was paraphrasing. So, 49ers lose to the Eagles. The Eagles uh, continue their juggernaut season in a blowout fashion. And then on the other side, the AFC came down to a last-second field goal for the Chiefs to beat the Bengals in a pretty entertaining game that was marred by some uh, suspect officiating at times down the stretch. But the point remains, we have a couple of firsts in this Super Bowl. First time ever that brothers will be facing each other in the Super Bowl. As the Kelsey brothers are on opposite teams. Is that real? What It is real. It's the first well, time that two brothers have ever played against each other in the Super Bowl. What was that thing from like 10 years ago with like Mannings? Uh, is that not the Super Bowl? No, they've always, the, the Mannings played each other and they called it the Manning Bowl like during the regular season. I just, I remember a thing but, about like, who who is the mother going to root for? Uh yeah, she probably have one of those that weird. Was, that was a long time. That was a while ago though. One of those weird like the Super Bowl? jerseys split guess, down the middle. Sure, why not? Uh, you've you've got that. It's also the first Super Bowl to ever feature two starting quarterbacks who are African American. Okay, so those are a couple of firsts. It is in Arizona. Last time the Super Bowl was in Arizona, the Patriots won. So there's that. But the Patriots are not in the Super Bowl. Not the last time I checked. No, but they did make some moves. They hired Bill O'Brien as their offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So there's that. Congratulations to him. The Patriots staff has been at the East-West Shrine Bowl this week. They were one of the staffs, the NFL staffs, chosen to coach uh, one of those all-star teams of college seniors who are looking to become draft eligible or uh, help get exposed for the draft. Uh, they are in charge of the East squad. Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien in supervisory roles. Uh, other various positional coaches take on different responsibilities that they normally might not. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, things of that nature. So interestingly noticed, uh, interestingly absent 
Matt Patricia not there, as well as Steve Belichick, who was calling the defensive plays this year. Joe Judge wasn't there initially. He flew out uh, as the week progressed. So, Also looking at Ryan Wendell, former Patriot, current assistant offensive line coach for the Bills uh, as well. So the Bills lost. They might lose their assistant offensive line coach. The Bengals, only Joe Burrow's third year, and it's only his second full year. Two straight AFC Championship appearances, one and one in the game. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Andy Reid and everybody going back to the Super Bowl. Also interesting, the Cincinnati mayor, did you see this, had made a proclamation about Joe Burrow Day or Joe Burrow. Through the effect of Burrowhead, they were calling it Burrowhead instead of Arrowhead Stadium. For uh, It's where the Chiefs play, but Joe Burrow had never lost there. Uh, also, it was like a big proclamation that the Cincinnati mayor tried to be funny. Like One of them was like, whereas... You know, Patrick Mahomes should get a paternity test to see if Joe Burrow really is his daddy. Well, that that all kind of backfired. Travis Kelsey uh, of the Chiefs after the game on the podium there with the trophy, he said that Cincinnati mayor, Cincinnati mayor needs to watch his wise mouth, shut it, and know his role, and <laughs> called him a jabroni. <laughs> and then immediately broke into you got to fight for your right to party by the Beastie Boys. Great. True story. So there's that. The Bruins have had a little bit of a skid here. They still lead the NHL in points points accumulated through wins and overtime ties and shootouts and whatnot, but a little bit of a skid. They hit a little bit of ice, if you would, so to speak. I wouldn't. Uh, slap me again. <laughs> Hang on, let me get this other post-it note. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so you have that uh, NHL trade deadline about a month away for that. I feel like there's some other sports news to think about the NASCAR season gets started coming up with the clash at the Coliseum. They went back to the LA Coliseum. They repaved it again, spending untold amount of money to turn it into a racetrack again. So there's that NASCAR. Yeehaw. Coming your way soon. Daytona 500 in a week <laughs> or two weeks. Ready for NBA? Yes, I'm ready for the NBA. All right, let's do the, uh, the weird story. So uh, the Nets and the Lakers played last night as of recording. But Kevin Durant and LeBron James did not play, both of them. Do you know the last time Kevin Durant and LeBron James played against each other? I did not know this. Probably like 2015. 2018. Oh, 2015 is an insane guess, but twenty they haven't played to get against each other since 2018. Well, LeBron, in his defense, needed to rehydrate and uh, recompose himself after that. Terrible display he put on. Um, Absolutely childish. Hilarious. So the Celtics were on their longest losing streak. They lost three games in a row. And to be fair, like this is like where you're starting to see like the doldrums of like it's the middle of the season or a little bit beyond that at this point where they're not really trying that hard. So they're going up against the Knicks. And they didn't really start trying until the fourth quarter. And then they lost in overtime. I'm like, yeah, yeah maybe you should have started trying earlier than the fourth. That might have helped. But it was NBA Rivals Week, and it was like, really, the Knicks? Like, that's a stretch. Who cares? No, nobody cares. Like, oh, they're like they're the two oldest franchises. Like, that doesn't make them rivals. No. Like, no one gives a shit. I mean, you still could be rivals. I get that the Knicks uh, bring in, like, the second most amount of money in the league f- for some reason. I know the reason is they're at uh, MSG, and Dolan owns the building, and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I get all that bullshit. But, yeah, that didn't really matter. Then they played the Lakers on Saturday, and LeBron was fouled during the final play that would have brought him to the free throw line except he traveled and it was all hilarious and he put on the most hilarious just like act like falling to his knees hitting the ground like what throwing on a full-on like tantrum but then the best part is patrick beverly ran stole a camera from someone on the sideline yeah brought it to a ref and said like 
look it, look it. Like, to be fair, like, did he know this camera had the footage he was looking for? No, but he absolutely got a tech for it. And to be fair, it's one of the most baller techs I've ever seen in my goddamn life. That's, it was hilarious. It, it, I was, he straight up took a camera and showed it to a ref. That technical foul, I appreciate. LeBron, what, like, I appreciate what happened there. LeBron throwing, like, that's just a bad look for LeBron. Well, what's weird, like, um, I haven't, to be fair, he might have been fine since then, but, like, Schroeder, like, earlier in the game, like, Tatum got a dunk, and Schroeder just, like, fell on the floor like a baby, and he got a tech for it, and then LeBron did a way more dramatic thing, and at least in the moment, did he get fine? He might have been fine since then. I don't know. But it was all hilarious, but Pat Bev with his, like, stealing someone's camera and showing it to a ref. He's a legend. Absolute legend. Absolutely. For that tech. <laughs> and then, like, even the NBA refs are like, we made the wrong call. But then even after that, it was like, oh, yeah, but LeBron traveled. So, you know, it shouldn't have been a shot anyway. No. So it's all been just hilarious. Yeah. I think, again, mostly there's contact all the time in the NBA when people go to the rim for the most part. There are shitty, shitty calls all the time. It's just, yeah. it's very easy to single out like end of game shitty calls, but there were like, this was not a well officiated game. There were things that happened like way early. Like there was, I mean, I can, I think it was on Jalen Brown. Like there was one who's like, Oh yeah, he walked out of bounds and it got turned over. And then they replayed it. It's like, he was about a foot and a half inbounds. Yeah. So there's stuff like that. Like it's, it's so easy to point to like end of the game calls. And, and I'm glad that something like that generally isn't reviewable because I think review can bog down a game. Like oh, that. The, like the last two minutes of an NBA game are so goddamn slow. Like, yes. <laughs> they can, oh, boy, are they slow. They they can't speed that up. So, yeah, I was glad it was like not reviewable, but it was also very funny that the Lakers lost on an obvious foul. But also he traveled ahead of time. So it's just like this is a layer cake. It's just like a thing on a thing on a thing. And it's very funny. Yes. It is. And I like seeing the Lakers lose no matter what. So, hey, positives. Exactly. 100%. Don't like the theatrics, the his, the histrionics. I, I do like them because they lost and it was fun. Yes. I can, again, camera, digital camera, like an image of the foul, cool, whatever. It's not, he can't go back and retroactively assess a foul based on what's being shown to you. I love that Pat Bev did that. But also, like, yes. this is not apparently the first time something like this has happened. I have no... I don't remember this, but uh, apparently Blake Griffin also did this like years ago with an iPad. Did uh, I think I recall that? I don't, but <laughs> it's happened before and it's hilarious. Well, I mean, remember like Joe Horn of the Saints? He had a cell phone hidden underneath one of the pylon pads, and he pulled out a cell phone as a touchdown celebration. Not the first time that electronics have been used like that. All right, funny stuff. We're gonna move on from there. Though. Is that sports? That's sports. All right, we're gonna move on from there to The Last of Us, episode three. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope, we're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. Full spoilers, by the way, because, um... Yeah. Sad times. Sad times. What a... So, interesting discussion to have with somebody today who has played the game yes let me uh, describe the game to you when yes w- when we meet bill and frank in the game again full spoilers can't stress that enough uh when we meet bill in the game it becomes very video gaming like he he's set up this as kind of what you see in the episode he is very much uh, a survivalist and he set up a series of traps and you have to kind of chase him like oh man i want to get that car battery or whatever the end goal is and you just have to keep chasing him like through a tunnel of assorted traps and like oh man and now there's clickers after me and oh man now there's this 
it it's very it's a very video gamey part of the game and then we find out that his boyfriend frank uh got bit and was infected and hung himself and like left a note it's like dear bill go fuck yourself Oh, wow. And that's kind of what we know about Bill and Frank in the game. And then Joel gets the truck battery and he leaves and yada, yada, yada. And it moves on. That is not this episode. No, that is far from what this episode is. And to be fair, I this is definitely, I think, the best that the show has been. I, it was it was a compelling hour and 20 minutes of TV. like Which originally the cut of this was over two hours. Wow. And, y- you know, it was one of the, like, they were like, uh, and HBO was like, you know, they, they were nice enough to let us go a little long, but like they weren't going to let us get away with two hours for an episode. And it's mostly told in flashback. Like Joel and Ellie, they're going to go find Bill and Frank because, you know, they've heard their radio waves and they're on their way. And we get some flashback of like, hey, this is uh, what these two guys are about. Mm. I, I liked like the setup for it. I didn't expect any of that coming because I, ne- I have not played the game, but the beginning sequence and like how they play into it and like seeing the kind of the mass grave of people that were healthy people that they killed because they couldn't fit them in the QZ. And that kind of sets Bill up telling like uh, Joel rather telling that story about that. And then they transition that to the mom and her child from their skeletons with the, the fabric still there to kind of setting up that this community, when did 10 miles outside of Boston grow mountains, by the way, when they said that, and they said 10 miles outside of Boston, I said, my ass. Yeah, so did Stephen King. Yeah, I saw that after the fact. But like when I was watching it, I said, I've been 10 miles outside of Boston. I was 10 miles outside of Boston this past weekend. Ain't no mountains like that. <laughs> 10 miles outside of Boston, that's where uh, the hotels start getting <laughs> turned into motels and get a little bit cheaper. That's true. I mean, if those mountains existed for the Boston Marathon, which does start about 10 miles outside of Boston, actually like 20 miles outside of Boston. That's where I get my... Uh lodging outside of boston yes <laughs> it gets like kind of shitty but yeah that doesn't really look like um i mean that looks closer to like cape cod the community yeah the mountains no look the whole thing was fucked right yes <laughs> i'm just saying in general like if we're talking if i'm thinking about massachusetts towns i mean the cape is even well, like well outside of boston but yeah it doesn't work but that's fine that's where right. whatever we uh bill finds uh frank in a hole he's like yeah one of his traps this is my capture hole yes it's like don't shoot me i'd like to eat some food they get some beaujolais nouveau eat some rabbit together apparently those two pair well i love a good rabbit rabbit is delicious i can't remember the last time i had rabbit i've had it love rabbit it's good oh okay there you go it's a good meat yeah i don't know if it they're hard they're hard to kill on oregon trail has nothing to do with that i don't know if they pair well with the beaujolais nouveau but beaujolais nouveau you know it's a nice cheap wine it's it, it's not like the cheapest of wines but you know you're in that kind of range of like all right nice. yeah well i mean he had a whole town's worth of wine and liquor and spirits to sustain him for yes. 10 12 years yeah, nick, Offer- nick offerman doing that which by the way his acting chops phenomenal and basically the episode just follows their relationship over the course of 20 years like nick offerman is this in like insane survivalist and frank is just not into that shit but like the two of them kind of build and grow off of each other and like there's like weird emotional beats like the i mean the linda rodstadt song like who the fuck was expecting that nobody and then there's even like frank being like oh like you know who's the woman you're singing about and he's like no one he's like oh have you ever done this before he's like there was like a woman like once and it's like this weird like just layered emotional relationship and then there's like a big explosion and they're all like and bill is just shooting people and like frying them on his fence yes and then he gets shot 
And Frank I, gets sick. I, I, I love the scene with um. There, there's a couple of scenes that I really love. One of them is um. Uh, Bill and Frank are talking, and he's like, "Oh, I want to fix up." Frank's like, "I want to fix up this. And I want to fix up this, and I want to fix up this." And Bill's like, "That is not good resource management." Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> so shitty, but also like, he's very, not wrong. Very pragmatic. He's like, "We're not gonna have friends." He's like, and Frank's like, "Well, I've been talking to a nice lady on the radio." You what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I love like Joel and Tess like having lunch together, and uh, Nick Offerman just can't stop playing with this pistol. He's like. I hate this so much, and I want to shoot everyone. <laughs> exactly, it's so funny. He's so good at like that dry, angry kind of just. I read somewhere like people say Nick Offerman has resting libertarian face, <laughs> even though he's very liberal. And I, uh, I read one of his books. Um, I, I really like when Frank trades a gun for some seeds, and they have strawberries, and like uh, Nick Offerman eats one of them, and he just he just giggles, and it's such just a fun moment. Oh yeah, like, it is. Like, you know, at the end of the world, like, you just find, like, these simple pleasures that are just so good. Like, the dude just giggles, and they end up, Frank gets sick. It's not clear what it is. I think it's supposed to be Parkinson's. I'm thinking it's cancer, because he mentions an MRI. There's no traveling MRI salesman. And his line of, we didn't have a cure for it when there was a functioning government or a functioning world. Well, that doesn't really change my theory. No, but, I mean... Whatever he has, he, he has, has a terminal illness. Yes, he does, and the two of them end up killing themselves, which is different from the game. Yes, versus like Bill running around being like, "You can't catch me, I'm Rumpelstiltskin," which is essentially what he was. There was like, there <laughs> was a small part of me that was like, I like thought that Bill was going to also put the pills in the wine, but then there was part of me that was like, maybe Bill doesn't put his pills in the wine, and Joel and Ellie come along, and he's really bitter and everything still, but. I mean, it was such a poignant episode of television. I also know this is very silly, but like Joel and Ellie end up going to a Cumberland Farms. I'm like, oh, good. Local references. Yes. At least New England. And like Joel is finding his stuff and Ellie finds a single box of tampons. I'm like, you're telling me whoever came there last just left out, a box out of like the goodness of their heart left a single box of tampons. Bullshit. Mm. I, know, I know that's a weird thing to get like caught up on. I'm like. No fucking way. That ain't, that ain't the truth. They ain't happening. <laughs> like, if we're raiding this, we're raiding this. We're not going to, like, leave one extra thing out of altruism. Yeah, exactly. Oh, somebody else will need that. Somebody else will come along. Yeah, no. Bullshit. Like, finding tampons, I ain't tampons, I ain't going to fucking leave them for a random stranger. Mm. No way in hell. That's a small thing, but I, I, I did not believe that for a single goddamn second. No. But, I mean, the whole episode is, it tracks uh, this relationship for... About 15 years. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible. It's really wonderful and surprisingly heartbreaking in like a different way than the show has been. Like the show has not been like, you know, happy, happy, fun time, but this no. is a different kind of beast that they're delivering. It, it It's surprisingly good. Like, not that the show has been bad. And I know I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I was harsh last week. I'm like, eh, basically this could have been 10 minutes and they didn't need the extra hour. But like this episode is. I don't know. It's, it's so involved. It's like the it's in really good. It's so fucking good to watch. It's really good. And the the thing is, like the overall plot of the show really did not get advanced a, a ton. No, no, not even a little. Like, but it it gives us an insight to like the the things that they might have down the road. Like there probably are other Bill type people out there. Um, we get introduced to Raiders, which I'm sure at some point, uh, maybe the next episode. Exactly. So we've been introduced to some other 
I think it did a really good job of world building of what life outside of a QZ is like. All right. Is that it for that? Uh, yes. The show's fucking incredible. This, At least in this episode. like this, I mean, the whole show so far has been good, but this yes. episode is an absolute standout of just like a contained love story. Yeah, 100%. That's, you know, sad as hell at the end, but Christ, it's good. But I think one last piece on it, too. What it does do is, especially the letter with about taking care of Tess, is I think it, re, it reestablishes Joel's mindset around Ellie. I also like when it... How was the the um, envelope phrase like? Like to whom it may concern, probably Joel. Uh, probably Joel. And that line, like, <laughs> I'm guessing this is Joel because probably anybody anybody else would have been electrocuted and blown up or shot by my he 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 he. I do love the he he. Yes, he's just he's just a giggly man. Yeah. All right, we're gonna move on from there from episode three of The Last of Us to episode one of Wolf Pack. Oh, yes, it's it's a it's a werewolf show. Yes. Which I don't think you were aware of when you went into it. I was despite not, it being called Wolfpack. No, but I the first thing I thought of with Wolf with Wolfpack when you texted me is like, oh, like Operation Wolf, like that game? No. Oh. I was wrong. Wolfpack, like it's based on that book Wolfpack that I've never read and oh, okay. never will read. All right. It's fine. <laughs> I guess is what's weird like this thing is getting savaged on like critical reviews. Like if you go on its Rotten Tomatoes, it's I, the last time I looked was, was like the day it came out was like a low 30 something percent. I don't know. I can look at it now, I guess. Not the high 90s, like 98 percent that Last of Us is getting. No. So if I look at uh, it, it's at 35. OK, so 35 percent critic, 83 percent audience. And I would say it's a pilot episode and it's fine. It doesn't it's not the greatest thing of this world I've ever seen, but it's not bad. It's fine and i'm willing to give it some time to see if i like it i i am going to come back for a second episode of this i wasn't initially sure but i'm like "Mm, i kind of want to see what happens next the basic premise of it is there's a california wildfire that's set off by definitely a teenager we're told definitely arson yes and a bunch of animals come running out of the woods and whether they're a ram or a deer or a bear or a werewolf they're they're coming out and they're going to uh, either stomp on your face so it gets caved in or they'll bite you yeah that was gruesome when that guy's got his face hoofed in yeah that was gross <laughs> to be fair and um there's a couple of kids that get bit like there's no real like shot like oh man what could it possibly be it's like no they're werewolves oh yeah 100%. They're, they're, they're just they're werewolves and we know it like and one of them is like, look at my abs. I gained like 15 pounds of muscle. I Peter Parkered the shit out of this like yeah. Toby Maguire did. I'm like, look at him. And this one girl, and like, we start the episode, I'm like, wow, you don't usually see that of like seeing someone that's like has so much acne. And then like, it turns out being werewolf clears up your acne. I'm like, ah, never mind. It, it, it wasn't a real thing. It was just a facade. Oh, I mean, if I had known werewolf cleaned up acne, I would have gotten bit when I was a teenager. The I is it weird that in the beginning scene when the animals are killing everybody, like when the one guy got rammed into the car, I went, huh? And I'm like, I bet Zach made the same noise. Well, the like, thing, huh. I was watching this with uh, my wife and she's like, as an educator, this is stressing me out so much. Why isn't the bus driver contacting the school? Why are they even having school? There's a wildfire. Yeah. So it was like, is this what's like watching things with me? You're just taking all the disbelief out of it. Yep. That's 100% yeah. what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, this is stressing 100%. me out. I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, ah, I don't know. It's a werewolf show. That's why. Yeah, exactly. It's a fictional story. 
all their parents are uh, drunks and shitheads and, and not very redeeming at all. I might add uh, the big thing that this show is lacking, like what they have uh, been presenting very much up front. Like she's a producer. She's a everything like this is Sarah Michelle Geller's show. And I was like, she is in two scenes. So she's busy doing everything else. Like, y- you know, what this show needs more Geller. I'm sure we're going to get more Geller. That's what I want. Is she a werewolf? I say no. No, I don't think she's a werewolf. Emily thought she was a werewolf. I say no. No, but it was pretty evident right away that the other two, Luna and the other guy, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah, a werewolf named Luna. Gee. Yeah, shocking. Creative choice. Yeah, and then the the dad clearly has some sort of supernatural connection or... Well, I mean, their dad does because their dad's a werewolf, but their stepdad... And also, I'm very against, like, this happens all the time in media. Like, I, th- I feel like it happens less in real life, maybe. I don't know. But, like, the idea of, like, oh, my real dad, when, like, when you're adopted at some of them, like, so the guy that raised you for, like, your entire life, not your real dad. I think that's just a weird media thing of, like, a, a struggle between, like, birth and, like, adoptive parent. True. Like, real, like, are you, like, oh, man, like, our real dad matters way more to us than the guy that raised us. I think part of that is like it's like a classic trope, like it's just a media thing that I yeah, like I, I don't. Really they want to hit on like. the trope of like, oh, this teenager is going to have angst because they have a step parent and that they don't understand each other. So we're going to let me oh, angsty separated parents and introducing new parental figure that doesn't jive with that kid. I don't know. Maybe that's just like I've. I'm sure you probably do. Like I've known like a. F- a few people that have been adopted and I have never, this is just personal experience going off of, you know, a a handful of people. I have never seen anyone not be like, Oh, my adoptive parents like aren't my real parents. Like I've, I've never seen that. Like, and I'm sure that's not true across the board. That is just personal experience. Mm. Like, but I mean, you know, I'm I'm not in that boat, so it's you know hard. I can't like necessarily speak to it. I'm just saying from what I've seen. So whenever I see that in media, it always feels like kind of tired. Like yeah, okay, great. Like, but what of my real dad? Yeah, it just it felt generic. Like it's and that doesn't mean bad. Like it just means like it set up a show. Like it's it was very much in the setup phase and like the effects felt very like when we see like the werewolf and like it's always like at night so it's like hidden in shadow and that's very much like a vfx thing like oh we can hide things if it's not like in direct sunlight yes and i could i could definitely feel that going into it also there's a wildfire going on and their teenagers having a rave with fire truck that's also weird yeah there was a weird rave they're like everyone's dying generic music music let's make out this party this party happens every friday night can't miss it except for there's a fucking wildfire going on i also didn't like there are two twins we mentioned one of them luna she has a twin brother they look nothing alike no i mean they could be you know maternal twins not identical or paternal whatever one of those terms yes i'm glad you corrected um they look nothing alike. That happens. Like twins don't have to look identical. Yeah, they don't. But these two look very different. Like they don't need to look identical, but there should be something at least a hair similar to them. Yeah, I mean there should be some sort of connective tissue. And, and um, the brother is making up this guy at this club, and you know, like passionate, steamy makeout. And but the guy asks him, he's like, "Hey." How old are you? And he goes, don't worry about it. I'm not at like high school or anything. 
And my response to that is, that's a red flag. <laughs> don't worry about it is not an acceptable response. Clearly. Like, no, no, no. <clears throat> How old are you? Yeah. I need like age. I need an identification. I- At this point, I need you to show me an ID. I need you to show me <laughs> that you are indeed. Just saying like, don't worry about it. Not enough. Sorry. It's okay. I'll slap you again. No, this is this is a side effect of the slap. It's causing do, me to do have... you want to do a Hank Hill impression again? Nope. <laughs> um, I'm def I don't know if I'm gonna watch the show long term, but I'm definitely going to give it a chance. I'm interested enough. Yeah, I think I'll give it one, maybe two more episodes, see where it goes, see where it progresses. Yeah, you gotta hook me. And it hasn't it's not bad. Like the low like thirty five percent of like rotten tomatoes and like You're nibbling at the worm that's dangling on the hook. You well, haven't committed to it yet. Well, even looking at like some of the like the reviews on there, they're very cheesy like it has a grat like it has a growl but no bite and like dumb shit like that like okay great yeah i don't i'm willing i'm definitely willing to give it a second chance i definitely want to see more sarah michelle geller that is uh maybe a bias of mine but hey here i am yes all right ready move on i am ready to move on last segment of the show letters to the editors lot of questions number one damn few answers Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. If you want to ask us your own questions, you can. Editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. If you want to listen to a different podcast, Pod of the Dark Tower, hey, that's there too. It is. Patreon.com. Dollar a month. <laughs> Dollar a month. Ooh, boy. All right. Uh, question of the week. With all the reboots, remakes, and legacies, what is your favorite follow-up show? So I had one answer. You took mine initially i didn't take yours i told you what mine was and then you said get your own so i i concur with yours but then upon further review i was gonna go with ducktales i like the ducktales reboot yes in 2017 but then you and and talking about king of the hill which ended up in my physical assault occurring the beavis and butthead reboot is phenomenal like some of the best beavis and butthead hilarious the little vignettes where they like they riff on music videos, but now they're also riffing on like YouTube videos and things of that nature. Just absolutely like tear-inducing laughter. So good. Like it's some of the best stuff that he's done with Beavis and Butthead. So, and this is the third time because they brought it back a little bit like five, six, seven years ago. Oh no, longer than that, like eight or nine years ago, they brought it back from the first run, and now they've really brought it back and. Mike Judge is just slaying it. So right now, for me, since I can't say your answer, but I agree with it wholeheartedly, 100% Beavis and Butthead. Well, my answer, because there's a new trailer this week. I was going to say, we didn't mention that in the news, but then I realized why. Yeah, because we're building up to it. Star Trek Picard. Look, season. I know it hasn't been the most perfect show going through seasons one and two. There, there have been episodes that have definitely waned but some that are definitely great and we're going into season three dealing with the next generation cast we just got our the final trailer which looks incredible it's also very funny to see like picard and Riker. like oh you need to go over this like very generic like review of a starship which feels very star trek generations when like kirk went on uh the enterprise b or c kirk was on the enterprise b yeah where he got uh, all blowed up but like it feels very nexus it feels very similar to that, and I love now that we've seen kind of the context of like, oh god, what's the line? Um, There'll be no blowing the stuff up. Well, not like Picard said a line that we heard in an earlier trailer. He's like, just like the old days, or yes. whatever. It yeah, was. that's exactly what he said. Oh no, those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah, 
so it's fun that we get to see the context of that. We do um, see an Enterprise. We do see an Enterprise. Yes, I love seeing. Arrow the letter Back. was blurred out. I tried to slow motion it. Letter was blurred out, but I saw the one seven zero one. I love seeing Jordy back. I love like just being. Jordy looks very about it. stern and not happy. Like he looks very un. Jordy's. This is my unimpressed face. I love seeing Jordy in there. I, I love seeing. I mean, I love seeing everyone. It, it all looks so good. It just. I know. Like I said, I know that the show has not been consistent. It's a show that definitely ebbs and flows, and I definitely know that when we react to it on a week to week basis. We're basically saying it's great every single week, and when you like get a little bit of space, you're like, okay, this like that weird one where Picard is French is weird, and a lot of the stuff with uh, season two feels weird and uh, COVID budgety. But man, I'm just excited! Like I can't not be excited. It'll Lore look- Moriarty, yeah, Data has to show up at the end. There, like, is there a world where like he doesn't, or is it going to be before like? Well, I mean, B4 with Data's memories, like... Yes. The other part to it, too, that was interesting was, like, how Lore had aged. Like, they're going to have to hand wave a little bit of explanation as, like, how Lore's aged. Yeah, whatever he did with the Borg. Probably. I mean, yeah, there's just... There's so much excitement around it, and I... I I know it hasn't been a perfect show, but I can't not be, like, over the moon about seeing, you know, as much as, like, they've been saying since, like, New York Comic Con, like, if you want more, tell Paramount, blah, 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 but, like, and they're billing this as the final mission. Guess what? I've been billed the final mission three separate times now, so if you're gonna give me a fourth time, that's cool, too. Yes. I am 100%. It's exciting, it's nostalgic, and I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope they pull it off perfectly, or as close to perfect as possible. Even, like, I'll take, like, the other side of serviceable. Well, even like I can't tell you how many times I've rewatched like season one clips on YouTube that are just like, give me the Riker scenes, give me the data scenes. Is it the the scenes that you see? Is it the guy with the beans? The guy that like at the end has the bean song? The bean song? Yeah. No. Okay. Never mind then. Hell you t- yeah. There's a guy on YouTube that has next generation clips and then like like the beginning has like a little splash of like his username. It's a big picture of beans. And there's a song at the end, like, speaking about beans. In the beginning, it's Picard going, good lord, didn't anybody subscribe? Like, he mashed those two things together? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, okay, well, then, there. So be it. Read this note again. <laughs> nope, I'm not going to. I can read it, but I won't do what the note portents. All right, that is the show for this week. If you enjoyed the show, go to patreon.com slash comics. A dollar a month gets you this show the day it's recorded. Plus, you have access now to Pod to the Dark Tower. That episode one is up there on Patreon for your listening pleasure if you're a Dark Tower fan. Will not be released to the public for a Some long time. time. A while. Plus, you can also contact the show. Uh, email Zach, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. That's how you can get involved. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can also interact with Zach on Twitter. Just look up Editors Note Comics. That's where I'm at, and you're doing something. At Junior Rich. We'll be back next week for something. I don't know what it is yet. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Maybe I'll bring a post-it note. No. <laughs> this is a good one-off. I'm glad that you won. <laughs> it was going to almost be like the Treehouse of Horror quiz again. <laughs> In which you suffered. <laughs> you walked into it. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. All right, we'll be back next week. Bye.